Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. The American Civil Liberties Union is battling parental consent laws. They are doing it all across America. They argue that kids should be able to make major medical decisions without parental involvement. And, oh, what is the deal with all of the, all of the, uh, the nakedness all of a sudden at the pride parades? Have you seen these videos? Probably not. Not safe for work. Don't Google it. Trust me. But, uh, yeah, I think it was at, was it New York? It could have been multiple places. There's a bunch of people riding bicycles naked in the, in the pride parade and they're, little kids all along the sidewalks watching the parade. And I mean, because everybody loves a parade, right? So, oh, and then there was one like, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your kids. That's what they said. That was what they were chanting. Like, guys, you're supposed to, I thought this, first off, I thought this wasn't happening. <laughs> right? But then the other thing is like, rule number one about fight club, you don't talk about fight club. What are you doing? If the ACLU is successful, according to, Jessica Anderson, Heritage Action for America Executive Director. She says, if the ACLU is successful, parents will no longer have a role in their children's lives on the most sensitive and critical topics a child may confront on critical matters, including abortion and genital mutilating surgeries. The battle to emancipate minors from their parents is playing out in Ohio right now with an ACLU-backed constitutional amendment many in the state believe is written so broadly that it would allow children of any age to obtain abortions and uh, gender-denying surgery without parental consent or knowledge, as well as open the opportunity for courts to interpret the language extremely permissively. The measure states that, quote, every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions, including but not limited to decisions on contraception, fertility treatment, continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage, care, and abortion. While supporters say the amendment only addresses abortion, critics say the lack of any age limitations and the broadness of, quote, reproductive decisions, including but not limited to, that's the ACLU trying to tee up court decisions ruling against parental oversight of their kids' medical and sexual decisions. Of course it is. We saw this the other day. Reproductive decisions, reproductive health care, right? Josh Stein, our attorney general, the uh, you know the boy who would be governor. He's uh, well, yes, he's also not doing his job again. But I'll get to that. But he uh, he put out this statement on uh, why he's not going to represent the state lawmakers or represent the state rather in the lawsuit that was filed against. The abortion bill. And he calls it this. So if you if you put this language into law, reproductive decisions, you got Planned Parenthood out there now saying that they offer reproductive care, including 
gender affirmation. Like everything is the reverse. And it's just it's so frustrating. Like every everything they say, it's like the opposite, it's sort of like the woke iron law of projection. Um so yeah, so reproductive decisions, you you start rebranding the uh the the gender surgeries, you start rebranding abortion as reproductive decisions or reproductive health care. And then you write a law that has that term in it so it can be interpreted to mean this exact thing. And so now you're going to have kids egged on by TikTok influencers and China to go chop off body parts and not even tell mom and dad first. The Oregon chapter of the ACLU is trying something similar where a constitutional amendment would include rights to abortion, gay marriage, and transgender drugs and surgeries. Uh, That amendment also does not address parental rights or age limitations, and Republican legislators maintain that is to allow anyone to make medical decisions for themselves. Kids. The group is involved with lawsuits in Missouri and Tennessee to sue four children to get access to transgender drugs and surgeries. The group is also joining teachers unions in Wyoming to try to force young kids to learn about sexual orientation and gender identity. Similarly, the ACLU has argued in favor of allowing schools to transition children without parental knowledge or consent. That story was from a month ago, and their work continues. The ACLU is broken. There was a piece by Jenny Holland former newspaper reporter and a speechwriter, and uh, writing at spikedonline.com. She talks about how in March of 1984, 14-year-old Karen Slattery was babysitting two children in a Florida home when Dwayne Owen broke in. He repeatedly raped her and then stabbed her to death. Two months later, Owen broke into the home of a, Georgie, of a woman named Georgiana Warden before raping the 38-year-old mother and murdering her with a hammer. She was found in her bed the next morning by one of her kids. About two weeks ago, after he had spent three decades on death row, the state of Florida executed this monster for his crimes. On the day of the execution, the ACLU issued a statement on social media decrying Florida's actions. Did they condemn the use of the death penalty? No. Did it allege that the killer had not received a fair trial? No. Now, the ACLU's main complaint was that the Florida Prison Service refused to provide this monster with the gender reassignment treatment he had requested before his execution. According to the ACLU, the denial of this, quote, medically necessary treatment caused her enormous suffering. That's what the ACLU put out there. It's fighting for the right of a sexual sadist and murderer to get taxpayer-funded breast implants before being put to death. Do you think there might be another reason at play there? Do you think a guy who has spent 30 years in, in prison on death row for raping and murdering women, do you think he might want top surgery for some other reason? Something has gone very, very wrong in liberal institutions throughout the English-speaking world. The professional managerial class that runs advocacy groups like the ACLU 
now unthinkingly regurgitates gender ideology. It is smashing its way through women's rights and, and child safeguarding in, in the process. You got people who are deeply demoralized and confused by all of this, especially those of us who grew up thinking groups like the ACLU and the Democratic Party and other liberal left titans were on the, quote, right side of history, she says. This gets to, this gets to the phenomena where... You know, when you have a revolutionary movement, when you have, you know, like a, a grassroots effort to change an institution or societal norm and then it succeeds, the normal people stop protesting. And what ends up happening is that the uh, organizations, those movements are then left with just the most radical elements that are trying to now advance it even further. And that's what we are seeing with the LGBTQ plus two IAS whatever community gay marriage won and a lot of the quote normal people went home leaving the radicals with these brands and the brands have value because they were built by people of you know good faith and honesty but also liberal values in the you know classical liberal sense they they weren't radical leftists but that's a lot of these organizations, that's who's left. Because everybody else was like, yes, victory. We got gay marriage done. And then they disengaged because that was the fight. And then this entire industry that's built up around getting gay marriage legalized, you have all this money. You donors, right? You got events, annual events that raise money. Okay, well, now what? Now what do we do? Hey, there's a T at the end of this acronym. What do you guys want? Oh, thought you'd never ask. I'm a chick. Like, that's... <laughs> it's all very disturbing. Judge has ruled that Arkansas's ban on gender-affirming care for minors violates the U.S. Constitution. Does it now? Huh. Okay. We'll get to that in a minute. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Let's jump on over to the phones. Here is Ralph. Thanks for hanging on, Ralph. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. Hi. You know, it frustrates me that these attorney generals decide what they want to take to court and what they want to fight for for the people of North Carolina. Why can't we, since we have a super, not a super majority, but a, a veto-proof yeah. uh, House and Senate. We have super majority, yeah. Why can't we uh, have a law stating that they would have to resign, not be impeached, but have to resign if they don't do the will of the people's work? Uh, first off, I think that they would argue that inside the listed duties of the attorney general that he does have prosecutorial discretion 
on, you know, to take cases and to, you know, to try them and to try to get the best uh, uh, outcome. But if he believes a law is unconstitutional and he's going to say that he believes this is, uh, well, that is what he said. The abortion law he believes is unconstitutional and he will not defend an unconstitutional law. That's what he that, that's his argument. Well, I know, I know in, we don't have a Republican government, but DeSantis removed an attorney general down there in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or a uh, local prosecutor, I think it was. I yeah, don't yeah, prosecutor. Right. So I, there isn't any mechanism like that in North Carolina um, that I'm aware of. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it's it's kind of frustrating, but anyway, hey, uh, I'd like to give a PSA out if I could. The Mecklenburg County computer system that lets you allow to do land searches is down, and also attorneys can't e-file. So. Uh, FYI to out there to all the abstractors. Oh my gosh! Searches the Mecklenburg County computer system is down. Is that the GIS system? Well, the tax system was up and everything, but this is where you go to search deeds. Oh, okay. You know, uh, look, at, look at deeds and stuff online. Deeds yeah. Of trust and easements and rightaways and stuff like that. But uh, cancellations. But uh, yeah, it is been down all day. Interesting. I will. Uh, I'll. I'll give that over to the newsroom and see if they can confirm and get information. Ralph, I appreciate the. Uh, appreciate the call. Now, the. I, I will say this: the Republicans, uh, legislative leaders, uh, they have. Uh, they have gone to court to intervene in the case because if the North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein refuses to do his job uh, and defend it, then they should be allowed to defend it. Um, U.S. District Judge Catherine Eagles decided to allow top Republican lawmakers to take part in a hearing on Wednesday in a lawsuit challenging North Carolina's new abortion law. Plaintiffs in the suit want to uh, want the judge to block much of the law from taking effect on July the 1st. State Senate Leader Phil Berger, House Speaker Tim Moore uh, they were not named as defendants in these in the lawsuit that was brought by Planned Parenthood. Because this is how you enter into collusive agreements. It's the same thing they did with our election law rewrite. You sue a party that will go along with an agreement with you so as to, you know, we uh, want to make sure that we settle this lawsuit. Oh, we, we could lose. And so best to make it just go away. We'll go ahead and give you everything you want. Because we agree with you. That's why you that it's just like judge shopping, right? They're defendant shopping. They sued Stein. They didn't sue the legislature because the legislature would fight back. The two lawmakers filed paperwork last week to intervene in the case in order to defend the law. U.S. District Judge Catherine Eagles issued an order over the weekend that allowed Berger and Moore to participate in the hearing scheduled for Wednesday in Greensboro. The hearing will help Eagles determine whether to issue a temporary restraining order blocking the law. Legislative leaders' motion to intervene indicated that they were compelled to act when they learned that North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein would not defend the law. Um, They've got a lawyer named Ellis Boyle who wrote that they seek to defend the duly enacted laws of the state of North Carolina. The legislative leaders have an interest in upholding the validity of state statutes aimed at protecting unborn life, promoting maternal health and safety, and regulating the medical profession. 
They cite a 2022 U.S. Supreme Court precedent that allows them to intervene. Under that ruling, they intervene in a federal case defending the voter ID law. And so that's precedent. So that should control for this case as well. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Hello, David. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Pete. I'm a big fan. I like the way you think. Well, thanks, sir. I appreciate it. Some people would argue argue with that uh, interpretation of what I actually do, but I appreciate the compliment nonetheless. (laughs) Hey, with regard to this ACLU nonsense, aren't there already standing laws on the books in almost every state, that you have to be 18 to get pierced or tattooed. Um, And wouldn't those override this ACLU nonsense about wanting children to be able to make decisions, permanent decisions for their body? Well, that's why they are pushing the new legislation that would limit it to reproductive health care, right? And then you get to put stuff underneath the reproductive health care banner. So if you do, essentially, it's creating a carve-out. So you could still say no tattoos for 17-year-olds, no piercings for, you know, three-year-olds or whatever. Um, although, I don't know, do, do states still have the piercings for the kids? Um, I think you got to get a parental waiver. They're lighter on that, but the tattoos are permanent. You've got to be 18. Right. So, yeah, like I wonder if you saw a child walking around, like let's say, let's say an eight-year-old. Let's say you saw an eight-year-old child walking around with facial piercings through their lips, through their nose, through their eyebrows, through their cheeks. You know, their face looks like a tackle box, basically. And uh, does anybody look at that and say that that's the kid making those decisions and that the parents are just affirming those decisions? Or is that viewed differently? I would submit it's probably viewed as some sort of parental neglect or abuse. It's flat-on child abuse. Yeah, like, because if you have to get parental permission to do that, then... I think it's mostly for earrings, but I don't know. I'm no expert. I'm Yeah, I don't know either. So I, 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 yeah, I'm just curious. I recognize, like, the tattoo, to me, is like a very clear, that's a bright line, like, no pun intended, but that's obvious, right? Hey, Mom, Dad, I want a facial tattoo at age nine. Yeah, no, that's not happening. Yeah, let's wait. Yeah. <laughs> you want to make that bad decision? Uh, maybe go into a life of crime first. Years. Yeah, yeah, there you go. David, appreciate the call, buddy. Thanks, Pete. All right, see ya. Uh, let me go over to Charlene. Welcome to the program. Hello, Charlene. Good. Hello, Pete. How are you? I am all right. What's going on? Good. Listen, I believe the, Dems, the Democrats are being very strategic. They're trying to use these four years that Biden is in office to get the LGBTQ dot, dot, dot agenda entrenched into our society so that when a sensible president comes in there, it would be difficult to undo what he has done where this social ideology is concerned. And you know what? The other thing that concerns me is how Christians can be Democrats. 
they are against everything that God tells us not to do. That's what they are pushing and getting involved in, affirming and trying to legalize. Mm-hmm. But yet they call themselves Christians. So I just wanted to see play those two things. The Dems are being very strategic. They know what they're doing. Right. So, so this stuff entrenched. Yeah, so this was, I, I did a, a, a bit of a deep dive on this last week. We, we talked about cults and um, how they have these rings of you know uh, followers. You have the core that know what's really going on, and, and then as you proceed outward, uh, you, know, you eventually get to sort of the useful idiot ring, where mm-hmm. these are the people that uh, th- they don't understand the underlying philosophy or ideology, but they have faith, right? And they go and they convince other people and they try to uh, say, oh, no, it's not what you think it is. It's so much better and all of that. And then, of course, once the once the uh, the communists take over, which that's what this is, right? Communism as a religion, because it right. is. Marxism is an ideology. So you, you take over and then you kill the useful idiots, right? You don't need them anymore. Um, right. And so there's that element at play here. I don't know if everybody fully understands what it is that they're looking at, you know, Um I think there are a lot of people that just they, they, they don't like a lot of people they just don't like Donald Trump. And so they're going to identify with whatever the opposition is to Donald Trump because he has broken so many people's brains. Um, and then there are people that don't, you know, they, they don't want to be a part of the Republican Party or conservatism, whatever. Um, but they don't really fully grasp, I don't think, what it is that they're advocating, which is for the, the blowing up of reality itself. That's what that, that's at the heart of this. That's, that's exactly right, and it, it's, it's really disheartening to me because I talk with so many people that uh, we are following behind the, the, the idiots because it's almost like we've got a nose ring, and the Dems are pulling, I'm talking about people of color, it's like the Democrats are pulling us along, and regardless of what they do, what they believe, what they're saying, we're still going to follow. Mm. It's, 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 it's a shame that people will be more loyal to a political party, Pete, than they are loyal to God. Mm. Because you would have to negate God in order to follow the Democrats and what they are doing. Well, and this is why when... Us are following behind that. Yeah, and, and a, lot of, um, a lot of people make this uh, comparison between big government, statism, communism, socialism, the, the, these, uh, the, these, this worship of the state, of the government, and how it has supplanted religion as a thing to believe in. And, uh, and, and it, it bears a lot of the same kinds of elements and trappings of, of uh, organized religion as well. I mean, look at what, is the, what are the, uh, the DEI trainings and such, except the, uh, or struggle sessions like that, except but some sort of uh, selling of indulgences, right? It's a way that you get to get into heaven, uh, even though you've been doing all this bad stuff, right? So you, you, you do the course, you, you take the class, you have the consultant come in, and then you get the certificate, and you can post it on your website, put it on the, the bulletin board, and look at us, hey, everybody, you know, we're not racist anymore. And then they pass over you. That's, it's, the same, it's the same sort of idea. They're, they're the ones that hold the, the keys to redemption and salvation, and they use it through a secularized system. And, and, and the, I think the, the ignorance in that is that many do, do not realize that communism is the religion that is replacing Christianity, Judaism, Muslim. Uh, to, to them, that's the religion. The communism is the religion. And so too many people don't know that or don't realize it. 
and it's hard to get that message across. You are following a, an ideology that is anti-God, but yet you say you love God, you say you love Jesus, but yet you're following a, a party that's pushing the communism that is anti-God. That sure. Those two cannot, they not, cannot coexist. I appreciate the call, Charlene. I see some hypocrisy there. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how to get that message across. Maybe you can do it better than that. I don't think so. I mean, we, we hammer away, and I think it is, especially like on this, uh, on the gender ideology stuff, I think this is, uh, it, it's a bridge too far. and it, it is, it's so elemental, right? It's so elemental that people are being, uh, are being asked to deny reality and what has, you know, been accepted throughout human history up until about six seconds ago. And all of a sudden, everything has to change. And I think this is, uh, I think the polling is shifting away from the left on this. I appreciate the call, Charlene. Good to talk with you. Pete, with only 3% of the population self-identifying as gay and 0.6 as trans, why are they driving the narrative? Jay. Uh, also, Lama. Yes, okay. Um, so, it's because, as I mentioned earlier, you have the, you have the, the organization, you know, and the movement builds up around something that is more universally desired. Once that is achieved, most of the people then fall away. And so there was a fairness issue to the contract side of things with gay marriage and all of that. And it became the, you know, the popular uh, position, the more popular position. And then, you know, of course, the, the ruling uh, from the Supreme Court where uh, I believe the legal precedent was love wins. Um and uh, so then, then everybody's like, okay, good, we won. And I think that that now then means those organizations and movements that were focusing on the gay marriage approval, they won. So now a lot of the people go away, they leave the movement. And then you're left with sort of the radicals that were part of that movement too. But now they get control of these organizations. Now the other part of it is, um, the, the reason why they're driving it is because it's in service to... The creation of the state, the, right? More and more, this, uh, because you you cannot you cannot dismantle a society that is, that is um, that that is appeased, right? That w- where most things are are going all right. So you have to create chaos. You have to create confusion. You have to undermine uh, love of and trust in institutions. And once you start stripping all of that stuff away. Right. People start doubting, well, is this really a good country? Everything is inherently racist and everything's set out against me and I'm oppressed and they're the oppressors and all of this. And so you're constantly destroying the tearing down, the deconstructing. This is critical consciousness. You're constantly critiquing these things, these institutions. And by doing so, you undermine faith in them and then you're better able to replace them with something more perfect, a.k.a. socialism. And then. Communism, that's the point. That's what it's all in service to. Gender, you know, radical queer theory is just critical gender theory, which is just critical consciousness, which is critical race theory. They're all the same. They're just different strands. The whole point is to deconstruct. Okay, Stan, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to the program. What's going on, Stan? Okay, I want to go over you with an article that I read on OAN uh, about the Presbyterian Church. Uh, their 50th General Assembly recently, they approved a petition to, to urge government officials to, in quotes, renounce the sin of promoting irreversible sex change procedures for minors. 
Okay, this this but what got me was this vote was approved by one thousand eighty nine to seven ninety three, and so I wanted to read further in the article because I was wondering, okay, was that really this hard of a decision for that greater percentage of the people in the Presbyterian Church? Mm-hmm. And so, if you read down further down in the article, here's what this guy says: The Reverend who served as the moderator for the assembly said that no one and the denomination supported the idea of transgenderism. The reason behind the ones who voted against the petition was that the members had argued about how involved they should be in state affairs. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. When did you renounce your right to participate in the political process by becoming a Christian or associated with a mainline Christian group? Or they, why would the people even think that? Well, they made me sign away... Uh, my Christianity when I signed up for this job. That was one of the deals. I was like, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to be on the radio talking about this stuff, you're not allowed to be a Christian. No, um, no, that, that did not happen, obviously. Um, yeah, the, the, it's, that, is, uh, that is a lie that has been sold under this separation of church and state, wherein uh, the Christians and the religious, just in general, the religious unilaterally disarm. And the secularists who have a different godhead, right? They're, they have a different religion, and that is the state. That is government. Right. And so they get to practice their religion. Oh, and by the way, they say stay out of it because yours separation of church and state, but their religion is the state, so they get to keep doing what they're doing. Right, and, and, and that's why we're seeing the culture do what it does, because good people are staying out of it. Mm-hmm. That's what, look, that's why I joined the HOA board. In my neighborhood, people were like, why would you do such a thing? I said, good people, competent people, like, you know, got to step up and do stuff or else you leave it to the bad and incompetent people. And they said, yes, people, why you? Why would you do that? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> all right, Stan. I, I enjoy the show. Thank all right, buddy. I appreciate the call. Uh, let me go over and get uh, this. Is Chris. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hello, Pete. Hey. How are you today? I'm doing all right. How are you? Well, you're doing a good job. I'm I'm upset. I believe the ACLU. I mean, let's face it; they no longer defend the right to free speech. They no longer mm-hmm. they no longer defend the right to keep and bear arms. Mm-hmm. They're going after groups that help the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's the Democrat Party. It's not the Democratic Party because there's nothing democratic about the Democrat Party. I concur. I remember remember the previous Speaker of the House, Nazi Pelosi try to get a bill passed where 16-year-olds could vote nationwide. Mm-hmm. They know that the younger you are, it is far more likely that you're going to vote Democrat than Republican. I don't know this, but I would imagine if you polled people between the ages of 30, well, excuse me, just did a normal poll that the people below the ages of 35 to 40, a higher percentage of them vote Democrat than they do when they turn older. Because as you get older, you get wiser. So basically, I think what their ACLU is trying to do is say, look, now we got it to where kids can not have their parents' permission to go in and make these life-changing decisions, so they should be able to vote, too. I so think that's where they're going with this. They very well could. I don't know if that's the primary motivation. I think the, I think the key really is that uh, folks know in, on the left that the, uh, inside the transgender movement, there are, I mean, radicals. Just absolute left-wing radicals. That is what the transgender movement... You don't find... It's I shouldn't say you don't find... It is very, very rare that you find uh, right-wingers among the transgender community. Like, that's just... It's, it's not... That's not part of the ideology. It doesn't come with it. 
It's uh, there are a lot you, you could radicalize kids towards the left by radicalizing them on gender. Abigail Schreier did a whole book on this. Um, George, stand the line. I'll get your call after the news.